Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host Ashton Overholt. And today we are talking about the spring quarterback battles that we are interested in. Um, there's more. There's way more out there probably that we can even talk about in one episode. But yeah, I guess maybe the ten or so. Maybe there's more. Um, I don't know how many. How many kind of caught your eye as you were going through this list, Ashton? Yeah. So okay, like. I think Michigan has a really interesting one yeah. on their hands. Um, like between like Cade McMurray, you know, all he did was take him to the playoff, but even then like McCarthy's getting, you know, some time, like mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, split. Yeah. In the, in the gaps or whatever. Um, I, Texas is of course going to be interesting because of like Quinn Ewers going there. Like maybe that's not even a competition. Like maybe that's just his job, but like Hudson card's still there, you know, like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, not sure. I think Clemson probably has the biggest one though. For me, Clemson, Clemson's is fascinating between either uh, DJ or Kate Klubnick. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably the biggest one, but there's actually quite a few. If you, you go into like some of the SEC West schools, um, Auburn, Texas A&M and LSU all yeah. have, they kind of all like just kind of played musical chairs a little bit. Um, yeah. And then like, yeah, Bo Nix ends up going, Bo Nix leaves Auburn, goes to Oregon. He might have a little bit of a battle there. Like, with Ty Thompson. So I think those are kind of the big ones, like at least at the main, like the, the ones that we know about and talk about at like big name schools that will like affect us next year. So there's probably, yeah, seven or eight and that are like big time. I think Florida that I'm not sure if I mentioned Florida's uh, Anthony Richardson, Jack Miller mm-hmm. transferred to Florida, right from Ohio yeah. state and apparently is having quite a spring so far. So like we just maybe penciled um, AR-15 in there for, yeah, like he's going to be the starter. Maybe not. Maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, so those are some of the main ones that I was also thinking of. And we might go through a few more. Just I kind of have a list here we can talk about. Um, let's start with Auburn. So maybe we'll get them out of the way. <laughs> I don't okay. know. but yeah. So TJ Finley and Zach Calzada, I think, are the two main names to know. There's also Robbie Ashford, who I know nothing about. Um <laughs> but Finley and Calzada are kind of the main ones. Finley played a fair amount last year for Auburn, and Calzada, of course, was playing at A&M. Um, more, yeah, I guess he actually played most of the year last year for A&M last year because Haynes King, the starter there, got hurt. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, neither one of these quarterbacks really gave us a whole lot to write home about, I would say. Which one do you think wins this job, and what are you kind of looking for if you're Auburn? So I think Auburn will end up going with Zach Calzada simply because he beat Alabama and like <laughs> they're, they're desperate to do that. Right. So right. like, Hey, you know, maybe we'll just try to catch lightning in a bottle next year too. And like, really if, if Calzada beats Alabama again, I mean, just legend for all time. Like imagine yeah. if he goes two two for two against Nick Saban, like, yeah. Okay. He was, he was okay last year. He has a very strong arm. Calzada has a cannon for an arm. Mm-hmm. He had a decent year. It was okay, but he was unbelievable against Alabama. Like that night, that one night, home game, like, yeah. It was the big-time throw after big-time throw going down the stretch. I think that's what Auburn's going to try to 
try to yeah get some of that magic I'm not sure I and, and maybe he's just a better quarterback too like maybe he just has a stronger arm mm-hmm. and can settle down and make the right decisions because we know as he has the talent for it um maybe he can settle down and yeah begin to process things maybe a little quicker so uh, from my my read on the situation is that you kind of just describe both of them a little bit well like yeah. I think both of these guys sort of have a howitzer for an arm yeah. and they don't quite know when to you know maybe throw it two-thirds speed instead of full speed and maybe how to read the defense like I don't know to me it almost feels like maybe it's an oversimplification but it feels like it's two talented arms that whoever whoever figures out how to actually play quarterback first like wins the job (laughs) (laughs) I think they're both good by the way like neither one are bad options just maybe like we're maybe yeah ah okay would you rather have Bo Nix or Zach Calzada like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're having to decide between TJ Finley, Zach Calzada, or Bo Nix, which one do you pick? Well, the way Bo Nix played last year, I think I'd take him. I just, yeah, like, I don't know. We've seen a little bit of growth from him. I think that, yeah, you're right. Like, these aren't bad options if you're Auburn looking to go 8-4. and four. But I think Auburn is probably hoping, you know, they have some unrealistic unrealistic expectations. I think we've... We've talked about that a little bit maybe in the past. Like, yeah, neither one of these guys is going to be the guy that leads them to an 11-1 and type of season or whatever. I mean, you never know how someone will develop, but that's not what it's looked like so far for either one of these players. Can we please talk about LSU? Like, yes, I'm just dying to get to the LSU one. Let's go to LSU next. So kind of the three main names there, Miles Brennan, who – has played a little bit for them in the past, but has had injury issues. Garrett Nussmeyer, who's the redshirt freshman who, yeah, was highly rated coming into LSU a year ago. And then Jaden Daniels, the transfer from Arizona State. We've talked some about this one, but obviously we've had a little bit of spring practice. What, where are your thoughts based on – where are your thoughts on this competition right now? So I – this one here, like we didn't even mention Walker Howard, who is at one point was a five star, and yeah. like I think he finished as a high four star. But he's also there, so true freshman, kind of like yes. right, true freshman. Like yep. yeah, he just just got on campus. If he's even there yet, I don't even know. So there, but Miles Brennan and Jaden Daniels feel like they're the favorites, right? Like those are the two, yeah. like the two guys that are really going for it. It's got to be Jaden Daniels. I like right. Am I wrong to think that he like he he comes in, he transfers in. Miles Brennan hasn't been healthy, doesn't seem to be able to stay healthy, and Jaden Daniels we feel maybe a little bit more confident in. Mm-hmm. Like that's maybe kind of where I'm going, and I think he'll win. Like my prediction, if we have to do predictions, I would go with Jaden Daniels just on the the experience that he's had, whereas Brennan's mm-hmm. kind of new. Like Brennan has won the job a couple of times. It feels like like he's he's been pretty good. Well, okay, no, just once. He he won the job what two years ago? Is that right? And yeah, I believe so. has been yeah he's been banged up a lot. I need to double double check that. Yeah, so he's yeah he's been hurt quite a bit. But then I th- I think I think maybe the dual threat too mm-hmm. that Jane Daniels has would kind of be like a, I don't know if you want to say X factor, but like maybe what kind of puts him over the edge. Does Brian Kelly, like where, where would Brian Kelly be? Like, where would his mind be at with these quarterbacks? That's a good question, but 
you mentioned the dual threat part of this, and I think mm -hmm. that's one thing that Brian Kelly has often had at Notre Dame. Um, if you look at Everett Golson, Deshaun Kaiser, Malik Zaire, uh, Brandon Wimbush, Ian Book was very mobile, and then it kind of went out the window last year when they brought in Jack Cohn, right. who was kind <laughs> of the opposite of that. But yeah. but he has been fairly comfortable over the years with a with a dual threat at quarterback. And I know LSU fans are pretty concerned about the offensive line. They're hoping that that's one thing that Kelly fixes there is the offensive line issues. So it would maybe make some sense to go with a dual threat guy if they are having concerns about the offensive line. Um, and, and you're right. Like you bring in a transfer, typically that's a, a fairly high level transfer. Like typically you do that because he's your starter. Like typically that's what that leads to. However, I will say like, and I, I'm going to try to do this and as, <laughs> how, how do I say this nicely? I do not want to come across as sour grapes here, but I have seen Brian <laughs> Kelly drag out some quarterback competitions and not handle them extremely well. Um, he has also handled some fairly well. So <laughs> who knows? Like maybe I'm sure he's learned things um, from his tenure at Notre Dame. Like there's, there's lessons that coaches will learn from past mistakes. Hopefully he can do that for LSU's sake. I, I would tend to lean Jaden Daniels, just kind of what we know, based on what we know. Um, don't feel super confident in that because, like you said, there's four names to watch here. So right. who, who knows where this could go? Brennan, Brennan actually entering the 2018 season, he was kind of like that was his sophomore year. He was kind of trending towards becoming the starter kind of yeah. working his way in and then Joe Burrow transfers in, right? So yeah. then Joe, Joe Burrow starts for two years and yeah, lights the world on fire and is continuing to do so, right? Mm -hmm. And then, so you go to the 20, 2020 season um, and like Brennan's kind of getting rolling again a little bit. He has had a really good start. He won the job kind of again for the second time and he, he played really well through three games and then gets hurt um, and hasn't really played since. Like, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, like this is his sixth year. I'm just kind of looking through some of his his stuff now. This is his sixth year on campus. He actually was a backup to Danny Etling um, wow. in his, his freshman year. Like he's been around a long time. Goodness. Yeah, I for his sake, I get like you can. It's it's okay to root for him, but I think the expectation maybe that I would have is that Daniels would win the job, even though maybe we're rooting for Brennan. Like if that's fair to say. Mm -hmm. So over under, you think? Just let me just. I mean, this is tough. Like, and I'll try to answer this myself, and I'll give a reason why I'm even asking you this. But over under for quarterbacks that get meaningful playing time this coming season for LSU, I'll set it at two. Okay. Uh, <laughs> under. 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 Okay. I think I think there's a there's a better chance that someone gets the job and runs with it. Sure. Than than three quarterbacks, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't not meaningful snaps. I mean, they'll get, they'll get, they'll have three quarterbacks that will play probably not meaningful snaps though. Sure. Yeah. I asked it just because I guess it's been kind of a thing. Yeah. In, Notre oh, yeah. in the last 10 years is yeah. Okay. Let's take this guy out. It's not working right. Let's try someone else. Last year, True. Notre Dame played three quarterbacks with meaningful snaps right. with Jack Cohn, Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine. Now it was a little different because they had very different skill sets. Like the three of them, I would say all had, fairly unique skill sets to each other. And Notre Dame's offensive line was really, really bad last year, at least at the beginning of the season. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I do think that 
maybe it comes down to do they feel like these guys have unique enough skill sets. Last year with Notre Dame, the true freshman was Tyler Buckner, and he had a unique running skill set. And the reason I, I just point that out is because LSU's true freshman, you know, Walker Howard, who you mentioned, he's not really that runner. He's more of just a pure thrower that we know of. So I don't know if that's quite as, I don't know if he's quite as likely to get a lot of playing time as kind of a change of pace, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I have no idea what's going to happen, but yeah. most likely it's Jaden Daniels. Yeah. Max Johnson's tr- transferring out too. kind of maybe came out of nowhere. Like, he kind of felt that he could have almost taken that job and run with it. And then, yeah, didn't like clearly, but like he was, he was poised for that. Like he was actually yeah. in a place to where it kind of felt like he could. And then like he transfers, you're like, okay, like I, I get it. I guess he, he transfers to AM, which, hey, mm-hmm. segue, let's just go right on into the AM sure. one. Yes. The, uh, yeah, I don't understand maybe. Okay. Why are like Bo Nix? What's what is Bo Nix expecting from Oregon, and what is Max Johnson expecting from A and M that they weren't getting at their previous schools? They hmm. it's kind of a, a like for like swap. Like, I don't understand why I don't understand leaving. Like, I'm, is NIL like surely not the NIL stuff? I I think you can get paid just as much at at Auburn as you can at Oregon. Like, I don't think that's why Nix went there. And I mean A and M. Like, I guess A and M could pay Max Johnson money, but I don't think A and M really wanted Max Johnson. Like, is that sound like, is that okay for me to say? Like, how is Max Johnson going to win that job when you have Haynes King, who was the starter last year until he got hurt, and then Connor Wigman, who is, that's who everyone wants to be the starter, right? Like, yeah. that's who the fans I'm sure are rooting for, like the, the five-star coming in. Like, he could be number three. He could come in and be number three on the depth chart, where mm-hmm. at LSU it felt like he was as experienced as anyone there. So, yeah, I, make it make sense for me. Yeah, I'm not sure I can. I feel like for Max Johnson specifically, maybe it's just it might just be as simple as him wanting to play with his younger brother Jake, who is the number one tight end in the in the high school class coming in and, and practice. You can play with him in practice, then. Yeah, I <laughs> but I do think that you're you're probably right. Like if Johnson stays at LSU, you feel good about his chances of taking over that job and or like holding yeah. on to it. I guess would be more accurate. And they probably don't take Jaden Daniels in that situation. Right because Johnson felt kind of entrenched a little bit like that's yeah I don't know like he he kind of did feel entrenched at AM. like I, I sort of feel like Haynes King might be the favorite because he won that job a year ago Th- that's but, where I would lean as well like I would be on the same train there I like there so the three options Max Johnson Haynes King Connor Wigman Wigman's a little young. I think it's really difficult to be a true freshman and light the world on fire in the SEC, especially in the SEC West. Mm-hmm. That's a gnarly division. Like, I think Haynes King, who, when he did play, he didn't, didn't play much, but when he did play, he was he was above average. Like, he actually, yeah. he played, he showed, he showed signs. How about that? He, he's a, he was a, a extremely high recruit coming in and he kind of flashed a little bit. Maybe didn't have the consistency, but he definitely showed you like he he showed some some shine yeah kind of like all the the shiny cool cool toys like he he had some neat stuff like he's mobile um has a really nice arm very accurate so i would lean haynes king as well i think just having a year to sit there maybe yeah a little bit more experience in the system is good he's going to be the only one with any experience even even what little he does have he's the only one with any experience at AM. so uh, yeah i again i would probably be I'd be leaning Haynes King right now. Now, I will say, 
the one thing Max Johnson will have at AM more than LSU would just be probably a better offensive line, better protection. And because he does, he has the kind of that pocket passer. Like yeah. I could see it working out where if he just has, you know, that extra half second to throw the ball every time, maybe he turns into Joe Burrow light, you know, like maybe, oh. maybe it really works out for him with better protection at AM than he, than he got at LSU because like we talked about the offensive line was a bit of an issue at LSU the last couple of years. And A&M, A&M has been quite consistent there. Like, they pretty consistently have good offensive lines. I Yeah. I mean, okay, he's not Joe Burrow. He never will be Joe Burrow. That's why Max I said light. Jo- breaking, breaking, breaking. <laughs> spoiler alert. Max Johnson is not as good as Joe Burrow. Like, I'm okay with I'm comfortable with that take. I'm, Max yeah, Johnson's I'm, I'm dad actually won that. the Super Bowl. Oh. <laughs> well, okay. Yes. On on one of the worst, he was one of the worst quarterbacks to ever win a Super yep, Bowl ever. You're absolutely he, right. Like, completely, <laughs> completely carried to that. And yep. yeah, I, so, okay. Max Johnson, I feel like will get lost in the shuffle. I think Haynes King is probably the guy this year. I think Connor Wigman's probably the guy next year. Like, I, yeah. I like, that's kind of, that's the setup. That's how, that's how the coaches are planning it, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the fan base is rooting for. I don't understand Johnson going there. I know you want to play with your brother. That's neat. You can throw with him in practice quite a bit. Like, and like, that's kind of it. I think yeah. I don't understand why Johnson wouldn't want to go to, why not go to, to like Louisiana tech or something mm-hmm. like where, where you can go and, and get a lot of reps. I, I don't really understand. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I guess that it, Hey, he gets to do whatever he wants. It's a bad decision and he'll never play again. So if you're AM, is the, is the playing with Wigman, the, the true freshman, is it play him four games get that red shirt and then have him for four more years? Or do you think that it's, it's the type of thing where you actually try to give him legit spot duty eight, nine games this year, because you could, you could also use Mac, Max Johnson in those, in that spot duty role. If you don't want to give Wigman more than four games so you can preserve that red shirt. Okay. So just hear me out on this with the new transfer rules, mm-hmm. red shirting, I think is going to become almost obsolete. Mm. Like, I don't think anyone's going to redshirt. Why would you redshirt? What, like, I don't really, unless for, there's some very specific, like, instances where, okay, I would understand it. But if, if Wigman's the guy that we think that he is, he's not going to stick around for five years. He's not going to be on campus yeah. for five years. He's going to go to the NFL. So, like, you, you get him three. And, and he's not, by the way, like if he's still not starting until like year four, he's all, he's transferring anyway, he's leaving, he's going somewhere else. So you're still not getting him for year. Yeah. Four and five. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't understand why, like, I think the goal would be to try to get him in and get him as many meaningful reps as you can. If if he's the number two guy, which like, we're assuming that he will be not assuming that he starts, he, he could, but doubtful. So you're assuming he's the number two guy. You try to get him meaningful snaps this year and just hope he stays. Like pretty much. And I think if, if Wigman isn't starting by next year, he's probably gone. Like, isn't that kind of where we're at with stuff? Like, I don't think you can just like, well, red shirt and, and you be around four more years. Like he has no, no plan on sticking around if he's not playing. Right. And like, that's kind of what a red shirt is just stick around and not play. Yeah. I do think there for just about any quarterback, regardless of how highly they're ranked, like, most guys it's going to take a year before they're really ready to play a lot like right you can play some but before you are ready to play a lot you're gonna it's gonna take a year 
Right. So I think there's not a whole lot of downside to just playing a guy four games unless you really think he can help you win. Like if you think he can help you win by playing spot duty in seven or eight games, then you kind of have to do that. I mean, coaches are in the business of winning now. Like mm-hmm. they're not, they're sure. not preparing. They're not trying to win for the future. They're trying to win now. So like, I do think if he gives them something that Haynes King and Max Johnson don't like, that's when you pull the red shirt off. But I do think that if his skill set is maybe just kind of, as a true freshman, he's not giving you anything extra, then I, I do expect them to just play him spot duty in four games. And then that's why, and you have Haynes King and Max Johnson who can carry the ship, especially with the talent around them. Like, yeah. I don't know that you expect AM's quarterback to be the, the reason that they're winning 10 games this year or whatever. Like, like they're, they're, they're the reason that they're, they might be the reason that they're not losing four or five, but they're also like, they're, they're steering, they're steering the boat. They're not actually propelling it. Right. If, if yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Just they're like pretty much like don't run into the islands. Just kind of keep it in the water. Yeah, like exactly. essentially. Yeah, exactly. Like we've, as long as we're in the water, like we're fine. Just kind of, yeah. Avoid the islands on the way in. So our final prediction is Haynes King. Is that accurate? I just saw, I just saw that Max Johnson threw for 27 TDs and only six picks last year. He's pretty decent. <laughs> He's not bad. He's not bad. I slandered him maybe a bit much. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Haynes King. Give me, I'll, I'll go with Haynes King. Yeah. I'm a little less certain that Connor Wigman will play this year. Like I do think this is going to be Haynes King and Max Johnson most of the year or one or the other, but. Right. I, maybe my point was that you, you have to get him at least a little bit, give him a taste. That sure. Way he doesn't leave next year. Yeah. Okay. So let's go to Oregon. You mentioned Bo Nix a little bit. I to kind of yeah. answer your earlier question about Bo Nix. Why would you go to Oregon Surely it has to just do with the coaching, right? Like, because everyone there is unhappy with Brian Harson supposedly. And maybe he just needs that fresh slate. Like, I feel like that has to almost be the entire reason. Yes and no. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think because it doesn't really make sense for him for any any other reason, right? Like, Oregon, Mm. Oregon, even if they're – like, like it's kind of a re- little, little bit of a rebuild, right? Like it's a new, new coaching staff. Like it's a first year, a first year staff. And, and he's kind of a, like, yeah, kind of a, well, he graduated from Auburn, right? I think he actually graduated okay. um, there and, and then left. So yeah, like, I, I, I guess I'm okay with, with Nick's going more, but like, he was kind of like an Auburn guy. I mean, he was, he was a legacy, like his dad had mm-hmm. played there or whatever, like, and and to see him leave it it that one maybe gave me as much pause about Brian Harson as anything else I yeah. think I think yeah that one kind of confused me because if you're really an Auburn guy why would you leave there to go to the other side of the country and like mm. play for a first year coach like it didn't didn't really make sense but like I think Oregon's lucky to have him like I think he'll be the starter there I don't think it's yeah. much of a quarterback it's him versus Ty Thompson but like. Sure. I'm assuming I'm assuming Bo Nix runs away with this job personally. Mm-hmm. I think Bo Nix actually played really well last year and was the only reason that Auburn was really competitive in some yeah. of these games. Bo Nix played pretty decent, and yeah, I I don't want to just say that he's not. Uh, I think he gets Bo Nix kind of gets kind of the the short end of the stick a little bit, but he's a very talented 
get very, especially when you can get him mobile and get him outside the pocket and like making yeah. plays. Yeah, like he could do really well at Oregon. I think he'll have probably a pretty good year, and he would for sure be my starter pick right now. Same. I do think maybe one other reason that he could have gone there is just like if you want to win a little more, like it, who has the best chance to win their conference this year of those two? Definitely Oregon. For sure. And, you know, they're not winning the national title this year, but they, there's a chance they could make a New Year's Six Bowl or, yeah, you know, sneak into the playoff if 12 things go pro- go correct. You know, like, you know, there's that slight possibility where that's not happening at Auburn this year. That's just – and so maybe he's just – you know, we, we've always talked about, you know, and every announcer that has ever called a, a Bo Nix game the last three years has talked about what a gamer he is and he just <laughs> wants to win. So so maybe this is his way of trying to okay. win a little more. So Fair enough. But I, but I agree with you. I, like, I think the fact that we saw zero of Ty Thompson last year when Anthony Brown was their quarterback and was really nothing to write home about, was that not right. a little worrying? Like, is it? Does it feel to you like maybe Ty Thompson is like, you know, I'm not writing him off as a bust just yet, but like it feels like maybe he's leaning that way. No, I th- that's fair. I I think that when you compare him to Knicks, which is what we're doing here, like like maybe it's not fair to compare him to Knicks, but like Knicks was also a five star, right? That that came in yeah. and has a truckload of experience against excellent excellent defenses. Like that's something that that Ty Thompson just doesn't give you. You know what I mean? Like sure. the, the, all that, all that combined. It's not that you know Thompson's the the young talented guy, and Nick's is kind of the old veteran that like kind of the war horse, right? That kind of has a noodle arm. Like no, yeah. like Nick Nick's can sling the ball, and Nick's is very like he has all the measurables. He's a five star himself, mm-hmm. and yeah, like and and ha- having all that experience against all the good defenses that he has, and all the stuff that he's seen, like. I don't understand how he would lose it, and and calling Thompson a bust. Yeah, I'm not like, ready to call him that yet, but it, it, I'm my red flags are going up a little bit. Well, I mean, some of them just do. Like, like not all five star yeah. quarterbacks end up end up playing well, right? Like, not or end up even playing. Yeah. So I guess part of the reason I just I, it makes me a little uneasy is just the fact that they took Bonix. Okay, so. They're actually kind of in a similar position to Notre Dame. Notre Dame last year had Tyler Buckner as a true freshman who yep. was roughly the same ranking as Ty Thompson. And there were just a little – there was just a few whispers in the offseason, like right the end of December maybe about Notre Dame possibly going after Keaton Slovis. And it was quickly shut down by the Notre Dame staff, like, no, we're not – Tyler Buckner, Drew Pine, those are our guys going forward. You know, we don't need Keaton Slovis. And Slovis ends up at Pitt. Well, Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, if Notre Dame gives Keaton Slovis a a guarantee to start next year, like he's coming to Notre Dame. So I feel like Notre Dame kind of – we'll talk about them more later, but they they feel pretty good about their young quarterbacks, Buckner and Pine. If if I'm an Oregon fan, like I think I would be hoping that Ty Thompson has shown enough in practice that – we're planning on him being the guy going forward. And I think bringing in Bo Nix, while a positive thing for your immediate future, like it does, yeah. it, it would worry me a little bit as an Oregon fan. And that's not necessarily a slam on Bo Nix. It's more just, okay, are they not seeing what they need to see from Ty Thompson? Because they've, you know, they've had him for a season now. And right. you would think if he would be lighting the world on fire in practice, 
they wouldn't have had to bring in Bo Nix. <laughs> well, and hey, to be fair, like maybe that was just Dan Lanning seeing something. Like I'm mm-hmm. not going to put all of my eggs in one basket with Ty Thompson. Sure. I'm at least going to bring along this guy. Where I know what the, I know what yeah. he is. Like we, we right. can put him in, and we can win nine nine games, nine or ten games with Bo Nix, and like we're confident in that. It gives you yeah. maybe a little higher of a floor. Whereas if Ty Thompson falls apart, you have no other options. Maybe that's kind of what Nix was brought in for. Yeah, that's an excellent point, too. Because if you're Dan Lanning, in your first season, like if you can just have a high floor, win nine games, yeah, like no one's going to be calling for your job after one year. Like right. you you brought, you brought bought yourself an extra year probably with, with a nine and three type of season. And you feel pretty good about the ability to go nine and three with a Bo Nix. Yes, correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So that's Oregon. Let's go. To, let's go to Texas next. You mentioned them a little bit. So okay. kind of the two main names are Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers. Yep. Uh, there's also, I believe, Malik Murphy. Maybe he's the true freshman. I'm not sure. Um, but I, I feel like it's Ewers and Card. Those are the main names here. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking about this race? Like, does it because Ewers, of course, was the generational quarterback, you know, that everyone fell in love with. Sure. But Hudson Card was also kind of the guy who won the job last year and has tools, <laughs> I guess. Like, mm-hmm. was also a fairly high, highly rated quarterback coming out of high school. What What do you think? What is your early prediction? What are your thoughts on this one? Oh, okay. So Quinn Ewers, this it's a case study. Like, it, this one's just interesting here. Okay, so he hasn't let's just say he hasn't put himself in a great position this far in granted he's only technically like he's technically he's a sophomore but he's really a freshman like he he, he came out early right goes to goes to ohio state and makes a lot of money mm-hmm. but there is something to it that it 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 feel it doesn't this isn't always true but it feels like when you leave a school to go to somewhere else it's because you weren't good enough there CJ Stroud didn't have he, he was not incredible the first four games of his of his, like the first four games last year. Stroud right. struck, struggled. He did. Against Oregon, he was he was okay. They lost that game against uh games prior. Was there one against I think maybe Tulsa or Toledo, one of those two. And like it it did not go it was not going well. He ended up turning it around, right? He's he's excellent. Quinn Ewers wasn't even really mentioned in that. Like he was kind of buried in the depth chart. He was number four, like the fourth quarterback, you know, in mm-hmm. behind McCord and Jack Miller. Like, okay. Is it okay for me to say that Quinn Ewers has bust potential? Is that okay for me to say? Absolutely. And I, I don't think you're completely – yeah, like I don't think that's just a completely stupid thing to think. For me personally, my money would still be on Ewers to win this job. Sure. Uh, no. Okay. I want to say it. Yes. Correct. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't win this job, it feels like Quinn Ewers could be like Tate Martell. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it fair enough? Could so goes be. to goes to Ohio State, then transfers for five different schools, trying to find some playing time at receiver or whatever. Like, like that could happen. I think it, it at least has potential. It could happen. I do think that. Okay, so Martell, one of the things people liked about him was as his athleticism and stuff like that. I think yeah. we've seen enough from yours throwing wise, even in camps and whatnot. Like the arm talent is clearly superior to what Martell had. So I don't okay. think he'll be a bust on that level. Like to me, his floor is significantly higher than that. But also, like if you look at the other side of this, 
Hudson Card kind of won the job last year, but it didn't take long to figure out that Casey Thompson was just a lot better fit for right. Texas. And Casey Thompson transferred to Nebraska. Yeah. Like, to me, like, my money being on yours here almost has as much to do with a lack of faith in Card as it does with feeling like yours will turn into some All-American. Why did Thompson transfer? Anyone know? See, I feel like if he was still at Texas, he would be considered second in the running, probably like by the fans, you know, which who knows what they know, but he would be the second favorite quarterback there. Well, at Nebraska, like I feel like we'll talk about them maybe more later, but he's got the inside track, I would have to think. And if you're Casey Thompson, probably you just want to play. Like you want to be the starting quarterback at a power five team. So he doesn't think that he would play next year. Like, is that kind of what you don't think that Casey Thompson would, if Casey Thompson was there, I would put money on him to be the starter over Quinn Ewers right now. You would. Interesting. I think so. I think I would still go Ewers. Well, I would get odds though. That's what I'm saying. Like, like he's not the betting favorite. I, I think Casey Thompson would be a sneaky starter there at Texas. Hmm. And he's for sure going to be the starter at Nebraska. Like, our, like you can just pull up pages already. He's already the QB one in, in all their practices. He just got there. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Quinn Ewers is the favorite. Quinn Ewers should be the favorite. But if you want to bet and make some money, go the other way. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Okay. I, I hear you, but I think I would probably just save my money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, like, I do think that there is a chance that Ewers is a bit of a bust. I also think there's a chance this goes extremely well. Like, yeah, if anybody that transferred this year has a, has a chance to be the next Joe Burrow or Kyler Murray, like it's him. Like we we know the talent is there. Obviously, he has to prove it. Like I'm not here predicting that he'll be an All-American this year, but I think there's, you know, a reasonable chance of that happening. You know, like a, there's what a 30 percent chance he'll be one of the top three quarterbacks in the country this year. You know, like that's. It's a whole lot better than most quarterbacks in the country can say. He has a very high ceiling. The ceiling yes. there is very high. And if you're Texas, absolutely you want him. I mean, he was the most desired transfer probably this year, right? Like as far as just from a like yeah. a like a talent perspective. No, it's it's a good move for Texas. He's going to he will probably be the starter there at Texas for sure at some point. They're at least going to give him a shot and see what they've got there. Yeah, I just wonder if I don't know. He just feel it just feels a little just a little Tate Martellish. That's all I'm gonna say. Sure. That makes sense to me. Um Okay. Where to go next? Well, I mentioned Nebraska. Maybe we just slide right into that one real quick. I don't know that we have a whole lot to talk about there. But Casey Thompson is kind of the big name, but there's also Chubba Purdy, um, Brock Purdy's little brother who came from Florida State. Um, and there's also a few other names there who I know nothing about, so I'm not even going to pretend. Do you do you just kind of assume this is Casey Thompson's job to lose? Well, I mean, yeah, like the the quarter uh, the offensive coordinator just said that he's the best one right now. Okay. <laughs> so like right. they said, nothing set in stone, but he's the best one we have. So <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that sounds that's pretty that, set in stone. <laughs> yeah, that's that that's kind of that kind of locks it down. So is it more interesting to ask if? Like how good he will actually be. Like, does he save? Does does he save the job? You know, like, like is Nebraska oh. going bowling next year? Oh my! In the Big Ten, they they should they should be they should have bowled this year. I mean, they were competitive yeah. in literally every game they played. Maybe this year is 
just a little bit of the boost they need at quarterback mm-hmm. to kind of, yeah, get them over the edge? I, I would hope so. Dear, yeah. dear Lord, I would hope so. I, I would just say, like, we, we've we both watched Adrian Martinez play quarterback. Yes. And Nebraska, you know, second-order wins would say they should have won, like, seven games last year, and they won three. Yep. Like, yep. there is just no way that Casey Thompson is not better than Adrian Martinez, in my mind. Like, Correct. I agree. And their yep. luck will turn. Like, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they went 7-5 and five next year. Like, No, I think, I, I think they could, yeah. Yeah, and that would definitely save Scott Frost's job. Like, if you improve by four wins and make a bull game. Like, yeah, you're no one is, like, throwing a parade for you at Nebraska if you go 7-5. and five. But if you follow a 3-9 and nine season with a 7-5 and five season, yeah, he's sticking around. Fair enough. My personal opinion. Okay. Okay, so there's mul- multiple other jobs here. Are, any, are there any that jump out to you that we should talk about right away here? So we haven't got to Michigan, Florida, or Clemson yet. Right. And those are big ones for me. I think all of those are very interesting. And these are probably the best ones. I think like if you're going to sit down and talk and have a podcast about like college football position battles, I think these three can can have as much impact on the on the 2022 season as anything. Certainly with Clemson, I think with mm-hmm. J.J. McCarthy and Cade McNamara, I mean, that's a playoff team. Like that was a playoff Michigan. team last year. Or with Michigan, what did I say? Yeah. You said Clemson, but yeah. Cle- Clemson was not a – yeah. Clemson <laughs> has a – they were definitely not a playoff team. They have a quarterback competition, as does Michigan. I believe that McNamara and McCarthy, that one there is, I think, really interesting because we've we've seen yeah. it. I think – yeah, I, I would lean McCarthy. Like, I – Okay. That's just probably where – I mean, I think we saw Harbaugh kind of lean that direction even in, in the, like the playoff game. Mm-hmm. They, they want to get him on the field, right? And when you yeah. have a coaching staff that is making excuses to get this guy on the field, it's it's only a matter of time before, like, I think he takes over. And I think he'll do well. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I think McCarthy will do well in that system, kind of a run-first system, maybe do a little bit of zone read stuff. Like, we know they're super physical, love to run the ball, kind of get, like, an athletic quarterback out on the edges making plays. I think that's really smart. So, yeah, I, I would lean McCarthy – even though McNamara has done nothing to lose that job. Like he did absolutely nothing to lose that job. And maybe that's unfair to, to go the other way. So tell me, tell me that I'm wrong here. I just feel like, I feel like there's this constant struggle for college football coaches to go with the safe option over the high ceiling, low floor, risky option. And that's not a hardball thing specifically. I'm saying just yeah. college football coaches in general. Yeah. And is it fair to say that this is just kind of like, it's a bit of a risk. Like going with McCarthy would be a bit of a risk, but maybe it's the thing that they should choose. Like if they want to raise the ceiling a little bit. I Correct. And, and normally hardball is a very, like he would strike you as the guy that plays it kind of conservative, right? Like yeah. like that would kind of be his mantra or kind of like, yeah, his thing. That's what you would think of him as. But I think where I'd come back to it is that they kept repeatedly trying to get McCarthy meaningful snaps yeah. in big games. He should, there were some games he should never have been playing. Like he should <laughs> never have been playing against Georgia. He had nothing. He he really didn't. Like he got blown up when he tried to run to the sideline. Like he, mm-hmm. he had nothing to offer there, but they kept trying to get him and kind of force him into some of these games. And like, I think that I, that says something about where the coaching staff is at mentally with these yeah. guys. They're trying to force this guy in and get him snaps. 
that's maybe where I would be going with it. I think McNamara is probably the favorite, probably the odds on favorite right now. If like, I don't know if, does Vegas have odds on these? This would be interesting. We need to get Vegas's (laughs) odds on this, but like, I would probably be leaning McCarthy right now. Yeah. What I think, what I would imagine will happen. And I imagine this is not just specific to Michigan. Like I, I think this is one of those battles where if you're the head coach, you keep this one close to the vest. You say all the things about it being 50-50, you know, past the summer transfer deadline. like Because you want to make sure you hold on to both of these quarterbacks for the upcoming season. Yeah. And then I do kind of think that Michigan, because of what you've said, because McCarthy so clearly has a higher ceiling, like I do think you probably start him, if not in game one, like by the end of the season, I, I think he's the starter. And – you do everything you can to keep McNamara. What's the right word? Engaged, I guess. Like maybe, <laughs> and maybe for him, that's giving him some snaps here and there. Like I don't know if he'll. I don't know. I don't know. Like there's a lot of ways this could go, but I right. do think you keep them both engaged through the summer, and then come fall. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they just try to unleash McCarthy. You like unleash him? You think? Yeah. Like, like I, to me, it just, it makes too much sense. Like, surely they can't screw that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, probably not. That's yeah. That's kind of where I would be leaning as well. Like, well, I, By the way, I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I'm saying this as someone. Okay. So Caden McNamara was once committed to Notre Dame <laughs> and it was like, he was kind of that low four star that you're like, yeah. Oh, you know, he's a good stopgap year guy, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's kind of exactly what he's been for Michigan. Like, he's just been a very solid, you know, nothing wrong with him. Also, nothing too spectacular. Like, you're not at all surprised they lost to Georgia. But if they had had Trevor Lawrence in that game, they might have won. Like, you know, like, probably not. But they would have had a better chance. And I'm not saying J.J. McCarthy is Trevor Lawrence, but he's the guy whose ceiling is definitely closer to that. I do think that that says a little bit about Michigan and where they were last year. Like they beat they beat Ohio State and yeah. like they they beat them because they were the better team. It wasn't yeah. nothing fluky about it. They were better. They won the Big Ten and it wasn't fluky mm-hmm. with a kind of a Stetson Bennett type at at quarterback, right? Like I think we can compare. It's okay to compare McNamara and Stetson Bennett. That's that's not that's not unfair to yeah. either guy. It almost feels unfair to McNamara. Oh. <laughs> But I shouldn't yeah. say that because Bennett did throw. He did have good numbers last year, you know, he surrounded yeah. by NFL players. But surrounded, oh, <laughs> it's that team. That that team will go down to history as one of the most loaded, like NFL talent rich teams of all time. And it's going to be Stetson Bennett, who's yeah, like a lawyer. Like I saw a lawyer. The, I saw some moment. love for. Trayvon Walker going number one overall today. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's buzz at this point. It's not just a little bit. It's he's trending. He's he is trending high. I will say that guy is freaky. Like so many yeah. so many guys on that team for for Georgia were just freaky. Um, yeah, I it's it was incredible that that was able to happen. But okay, back to Michigan though. Like Michigan kind of had a little bit of that too. Like yeah. they got they got all of this all of this done. They beat Ohio State. Won the Big Ten, made it to the playoff. Mm-hmm. Huge success. Huge success for Harbaugh. And you did it with an average quarterback, slightly above average quarterback. He was slightly above average. That's yeah. that, we can we can go with that. Yeah. And you have a five star there on your on your bench. I, I just think that 
like I don't think McNamara can beat Ohio State twice. I don't I don't believe that. I think to go on the because you're gonna have to go to the shoe this year yeah. to, to beat them. I think you're gonna want McCarthy there with experience. Bring your big guns and like like we're gonna have to do it maybe slightly differently than we did last year. Is yeah. maybe where I think the coaching staff should be at. Yeah, I do think that the Georgia comparison is interesting. If I recall, we actually kind of said going into that playoff game that Michigan is Georgia with four stars, where where Georgia has five stars. Like, yeah. kind yeah. of just a little brother version of the same thing. And yeah, like I think if you're Michigan, you have to know if you want to stay on this level where you actually win the Big Ten, make the playoff. You lost a lot on defense. Your, your offense is going to have to pick it up. It might lower your floor, but you kind of got to got to give JJ McCarthy the, a good chance here. Like in my opinion. Yeah. No. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, so let's talk about Clemson. Okay. So we had Troy on last week, and he sort yep. of he kind of came around to the idea that he thinks Uyunglele might be the guy all year. Yeah, and I was interested by that. What What did you think about that? I that one surprised me. I figured he would just be ready to just to throw him out the second he could, just kick him to the curb. And his take was surprising. I was not expecting so much. I don't know if uh, maturity is not the right word. Sorry. But usually the fan base wants the new shiny toy. Right. They're going to want, they're irrational, man. Like we want the five star and we want him now. We want this year's five star because last year sucked and we want this year. And we got the number one of all, like the number one in, of all the, yeah, of all the quarterbacks. This guy was the best this past year and we want him, dadgummit. Like that's where I would expect the, the fan base to be. And I think they were surprisingly kind of like, mature about it and yeah just mm-hmm. like rational so i okay credit to them there is, is it okay okay having said that is it okay like for you young lady to come back like and, and and be the starter again he did not have a good year that is okay to say he yeah. did not have a good year but oh, i'm I, I struggle he threw nine touchdowns nine and yeah. ten picks nine touchdowns ten picks that's bad that's not good. That's a that's against bad defenses in the ACC too. That's not against. I mean, it's it's one thing if you're playing against Georgia every week. You only played Georgia once. Mm-hmm. Like he should be able to light up, like Wake Forest, like some of those, like some of the weaker teams. I, um, did they play Georgia Tech? Probably. Like, he, yeah. yeah, he he should have have lit up the ACC. Oh, that's a struggle yeah. for me, man. I, I think if if we had never seen true freshman DJ played against Boston College and Notre Dame. A Notre Dame team that beat him and made the playoff, by the way. Like, a good yeah. Notre Dame team. Yeah. And he and he set the all-time record for passing yards against Notre Dame in a game. Like, if we had never seen that version of him, like, wow. I would be so – like, I, there's not even a chance. Like, I'd be like, as soon as Klubnik is ready, you kind of have to go with him. But, like, we have seen DJU play so well because – it felt almost hopeless to stop him in that game. Like as a Notre Dame fan, it was absolutely yeah. no fun trying to stop that guy. And, you know, like it's a little bit like Zach Calzada a year ago, like that one game, that one magical game against Alabama, you know, yeah. is going to give the Auburn fan base probably a little too much hope. But, <laughs> and maybe I just have a little too much hope for DJU. But also, like, this was a guy who was the number number two recruit in the country coming out of high school. Like, this is a guy who has all of the tools. And if it's true that he was hurt last year, and we know the offensive line was crap last year, and we know the receivers. I know Troy, 
Troy kind of defended the receivers, but I, I still feel like they, they were not playing to their potential last year. Like They disappointed, yeah. They did. Like I just feel like if all of it comes together and the offense figures it out a little bit, like I just wouldn't be shocked if he put up 30 touchdowns to five interceptions. Like I just wouldn't be that shocked. Right. <sighs> yeah. No, no, that's that's fair enough. Like is it is it fair though to to put that much on him just from that one game, right? Like so no. if you if you had if you had only seen him, if you had only seen him last year, right? And you didn't have the Notre Dame game from from the year before to go on. Yeah. You only had last year. This guy is he looks extremely unathletic. He doesn't look yeah. accurate at, at all and he's not confident. His footwork is trash and like like nothing, it all fell apart. Like, like yeah. there's a certain amount of like, it just completely fell apart. And that was worst case scenario for Clemson, like quarterback wise. Mm-hmm. It was like, that was worst case scenario. You, your offensive line couldn't really block. And like, yeah, they're running backs. They're even their like their only good one got hurt. Right. And yeah. the receivers like Justin, Ro- yeah, n- nothing really worked. And it's okay to say the receivers weren't good. Cause they like, they weren't last year. The receivers yeah. were not very good. So I'm just going to, okay. Just go with me here for a second. Just one second. So in 2014, Deshaun Watson, who kind of comes in kind of as the same the same type of thing, you know, five-star quarterback, all the billing. Um, in the fourth game of the year, he over he overcame senior Cole Stout, right? Remember Cole Stout? Yeah. I don't remember Cole Stout. Yes. That was the fourth game of the year. That was in 2014. Mm-hmm. Okay. It becomes the, becomes the starter. Yep. Never looks back. Goes to the NFL. 2018, Trevor Lawrence and finally gets past Kelly Bryant. Remember that? Like that yes. was a whole deal for a while. It was Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence. And he he finally like beat him out. But that, I'm not, I don't think, Trevor didn't start week one though. I think that was also no. like a mid-season change as well. Week five. Was it week five? Okay. Their fifth game. Because I remember they, they could have waited another week and Bryant would have lost his last remaining college eligibility. Right. Um, but they they kind of did him the service of naming Trevor Lawrence a starter. And he immediately sat out the rest of the year or announced that he was sitting out the rest of the year. Then he transferred to Missouri for one last season. Right. He, he played in four games. Then they went with Trevor. But yeah, That's continue right. your thought. Right. I'm just saying, is that maybe what happens here? Like, I'm just, you know, the possibility of that, I think maybe Troy even alluded to it last week. Maybe that's kind of how this coaching staff, that's how Dabo does things. He like slowly integrates, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of builds toward the end of the year. And and uh, good for him. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome that he, that, you know, he has, he's flexible and open-minded enough to do that. Yeah. But like, there, I, I think that that is more likely than DJU just going off and, and having just an incredible year again. Like for me, that's the more likely scenario. We don't know how it's going to turn out. Like spring practice, anything could happen. Like some of these guys, some of the guys we talk about, someone's going to get hurt here, you know, and lose a job. And suddenly we're going to have a position battle where we didn't expect it or uh, where where we did expect a position battle. Now there there is none because there's only one guy left, you know, like some of that's going to happen. But I I think, so we kind of have to go with what's more likely right now. And I think it's more likely that, Kolubnik comes in halfway through the year or a third of the way through the year and works his way and earns the spot and then doesn't look back. I, for me, that's probably the most likely scenario. Well, I do think that if DJ plays like he did a year ago, like it's no question, like by October, Kolubnik right. will be starting, you know, freshman, true freshman issues and all. Like if DJ is playing like he was that last year, yeah, that's what's happening. If if DJ plays like he didn't limited action in 2020, I think he plays the whole year. 
probably goes to the NFL. He is a junior after all, and Klubnik is the starter next year. So either way, I think Klubnik is the guy in 2023. Yeah. Like either and DJU, he will either be in the NFL or he will be transferring somewhere else. Like, you know, to USF or wherever, you know. But man, it's so hard. Like I don't know. You you think it's probably more likely that DJU is not that five-star guy who lives up to the billing. I'm not sure. Like, I'm almost 50-50 on it. Like, I, I okay. think that I could very easily see DJ being in the NFL draft a year from now. Oh, okay. So, okay. Who's he going to throw the ball to? Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so we're expecting him to, ha- to have a good year, and, and he needs this. Like, he needs the, the, the first four games for Clemson, he has to have good games. Those yeah. all need to be good for DJU because the pressure is going to be intense, right? So he yeah. has to have four good games out the gate. Yeah. I don't like who who are we who who's who are we thinking is going to throw the ball to again? I know we're acting like they have good receivers. I, I I understand that, and some of them are highly rated, but they didn't pick up any huge pieces from last year, and they didn't have a good core last year. Like their receiving core wasn't very good, and it's not like you went and just got a whole bunch of elite elite recruits you might have some that are kind of diamonds in the rough i mean maybe you hit on a few but like it's okay to say that the receiving core is a large question mark and we're going into this with dj really needing that receiving core to keep him that job in the first while you know what i'm saying so that's maybe where i would go to like it's maybe a little unfair to expect that much out of him i do think that's what he'll need to keep his job but i'm saying maybe it's a little unfair so I do think it is a good sign that one of the guys that flashed a year ago was Bo Collins, who was a true freshman. And I expect him to probably be the number one guy this year. Okay. And Troy talked some about Adam Randall, the true freshman this year. You know, like, yeah. again, like Justin Ross was a special case as a true freshman who was doing incredible things in the playoff. But even he was not lighting the world on fire the first half of his freshman year. Right. So, like, I do think there is definitely a question about that. Like, I don't know that Adam Randall, you know, probably by their bowl game, he'll be their number two guy. I wouldn't be shocked yeah. at all. Yeah. I think they're really counting on Bo Collins to step it up. Like, as a redshirt – oh, sorry, as a sophomore. Like, I would imagine that he would kind of be the guy. And we know he's talented. He was very highly ranked. Um, Ohio State wanted him bad. Everyone else, really, that is a big name in receiver recruiting wanted him. Right. And he chose Clemson. I do think that between him and I, I, I like the running back. He will also be a sophomore. Uh, remind me of his name again. Will Shipley. Will yep. Shipley. Like, I do think that some of the freshmen that flashed last year are now sophomores. And I think there will be enough talent. To me, the bigger issue is will they be able to protect him? Like, is he going to be healthy? And will the offensive line be able to give him four seconds to throw the ball? For for me, the, like the the nice thing for us is like right now we're just kind of making predictions. Like, what do we think's going to happen? But we get to watch this one happen. The Clemson quarterback battle for me is the position battle to watch of the spring. Like, okay, and how that works out. I think, I think there's going to be as yeah, I I really do, and I I know that Dabo maybe doesn't even if they're really like stud NFL. I mean, Deshaun and Trevor didn't start week one, their freshman year. Mm -hmm. Like they had to work their way into it. So it's okay to presume that DJ might be the starter week one, but by week four, yeah, week five, 
I think it's going to really like there, there's there's a lot that's going to happen. I think between now and week five, and it's just something to keep an eye on. I think if Clemson gets their quarterback room correct and right, they have. I mean, yeah, like in a weak ACC, like they're a playoff team, right? Mm-hmm. So, I like I think it's that important to to yeah, just to keep paying attention to Clemson um, and yeah. that that quarterback battle. So I made Troy pick last week, and I'll just put it to you, and then also to myself. First game in November is Clemson at Notre Dame. Who do yeah. you think is starting in that game for Clemson? <laughs> it's tough. Uh, I, this is a tough I, I'd, one. I'd probably go Klubnik, I think. Right now, okay. I'd, I'd lean that way. Yeah, okay. subject. Yeah, no, I would. I would lean that way for sure. Right now, subject to change. If if DJ comes into spring practice and is just like shredded and has lost, you know, twenty pounds, and it's like suddenly he's quick again, like that's yeah. a different thing. You know, I I'm right now. What knowing what we know, I would probably lean Clubman. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go DJ just to be a little okay. different. Also, okay, like we compared this to the last two, even if. Klubnik is that level of talent with Deshaun Watson yeah. and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I think that DJU, I think we can fairly safely assume that with, with a normal amount of growth from a year ago, like, and being healthy and all that, like I, he's pretty clearly better than Cole Stout. And um, the other name escapes me real quick. Kelly yeah. Bryant. Kelly Bryant. Like I do think, this is a little different than those just because I think he's pretty clearly better than those guys. Maybe not Bryant just because Bryant did play pretty well, but I think I expect him to be better than Kelly Bryant. And I don't think Kelly Cade Klubnik is quite a Trevor Lawrence. He might be the next best thing, but I'm 51% for DJ starting against Notre Dame. Good deal. All right. Fair enough. All right. Florida. So Anthony Richardson okay. and Jack Miller, kind of the two names there. Emory Jones is in the portal, I guess. Yeah. Um, feels like he was probably going to be the third guy. And we saw plenty of him last year. Didn't exactly inspire a ton of confidence in his future. Um, I guess we might, <laughs> we might give him a passing mention depending where he transfers, but I don't imagine that we'll be watching a whole lot of every Jones this next season, because I don't know that he'll get a great job. Um, but, but Florida, Anthony Richardson, the talented guy yeah. uh, who played some last year and is just kind of a freaky athlete. Huge dude, by the way. Um, if you want to talk about like Cam Newton body types, Anthony Richardson is your guy. Yep. And then Jack Miller, the transfer from Ohio State, was kind of the third or fourth guy in mm-hmm. the in the battle for Ohio State a year ago. Yep. Two fairly different options here. I I think a like Anthony Richardson is what everyone assumes. I think Jack Miller could be the starter week one. He's only been there for, yeah, I mean, like he's just gotten to, to Florida. He has really impressed so far and in the limited practice. Like like coaches sometimes too, like they don't really give you much to go on. Like it's not like you can just watch every rep, you know. So mm-hmm. we kind of have to go on what the coaches tell us. But what the coaches tell us does matter a bit. Like, I mean, Napier doesn't have a reason to lie yet, you know. So like he's not Dan Mullen where he's just, you know, intentionally misleading you. So like – I think he's telling the truth when he's saying that Jack Miller is impressing. I'm putting some stock in that. Like he's apparently doing, yeah, yeah, quite well in practice, connecting well with the receivers. Like I, he's a sneaky, he's a sneaky one. Like he, he's not, by the way, he's not one of these, yeah, under-recruited guys. Like Jack Miller has some talent. He has a lot of talent and we kind of forget about him maybe kind of like Kyle McCord. Like you kind of forget that they're still there, 
but mm-hmm. Miller Miller's a ball player and yeah that one it could be it could be a really good fit there um yeah for for Napier we'll we'll see yeah I feel like I have no idea where this one's going because they're okay. so different like yeah yeah AR15 is that just absolute athletic freak you know we saw him hurdle a defender last year and I feel like when he throws the ball he looked raw last year yeah yeah. But it comes out of his hand real nice. <laughs> like, and I, you know, you can fall in love with that a little too quickly. You know, we see that in the NFL every year. There's always about two quarterbacks that can draft three rounds too high because the ball looks so nice coming out of their hand. But I don't know. Like, they're, yeah, I don't know. And Jack Mil- Jack Miller, if he's the guy that can lead them to a solid nine and three type of season, I don't know. Who do you oh. think? Who do you think Florida fans want to win this job? Anthony Richardson. They want Anthony Richardson, no doubt. But okay. nine and three is wildly high. Wildly high. Like, let's, well, that's what like, I was yes. saying. If Jack Miller gets you there, you settle for that if you're a Florida fan, for you, sure. And love it. You would love every second of that. Yeah. Like, like okay, so Richardson probably has a higher ceiling, or at least it, it appears, right, that yeah. he has a higher ceiling. And, and maybe that's kind of what you're building towards. Uh, yeah, Miller Miller would probably be the better quarterback tomorrow. Okay. Like maybe that's where I would lean, and then like you try to keep developing Richardson. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I don't know. It, it's so hard to know. Like like the whole transfer, like coaches bringing in transfers. Like it, it's kind of similar to what like Bo Nix, you know, going along to you know to Oregon, like with Dan Lanning. Like mm-hmm. like it's like a new coach comes in, and he's like he has to at least bring one quarterback along with him just to kind of maybe give him options. And maybe that's kind of what this is here. So, yeah, I, I don't have, I don't have strong opinions on it. I don't think Florida's going to be very good either way. I, I, I think they have a, kind of a wrecking ball of a schedule. But, yeah, I, I, I would probably, I, I would like Jack Miller's chances right now. I'd say that. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you, and I do think, like, again, we kind of mentioned it with. Uh, I can't remember which other new coach we mentioned it with, <laughs> but there was another new coach that we said, oh, uh, no, I can't remember who it was, but we basically said that if, if this quarterback is solid, you know, they hold on to their job basically. And, Scott, or, that was Scott Frost. Yeah. At, uh, at Nebraska. No, I, well, and then Dan Lanning as well. That's at, who at, I was thinking at Oregon. Of. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of Dan Lanning at Oregon. Like if, if Bo Nix is just solid and they go to nine and three, like, no one is calling for your job after one year, even the most rabid fans. And right. I think, like, if Jack Miller is is that guy for Florida, where you know you eight and four or whatever, like if you go eight and four with the guy who's just a really solid quarterback, which I don't know anything. Like he might turn out to be way better than that. We don't know. But like, okay. So one thing I always think about as a, as a fan of of football, like if if you are choosing between two guys, and the one guy is a ten athletically and a six throwing the ball, and the other guy is a three athletically and a eight throwing the ball, you kind of want the guy who's an eight throwing the ball. Like, is that right. is that fair? Right. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's what Jack Miller is. And sure. also, like, he just came out of he, – he transferred from a place where he had to compete for a starting job and clearly lost to C.J. Stroud. And it just makes sense to me that – you know, he probably didn't get a guarantee of starting at Florida, but but if he felt like he had a pretty good shot, like it would make more sense to me that he transferred to Florida 
if he felt like he had a good shot. Whereas I feel like if he wanted to go somewhere where he had a, a guarantee of starting, like he could have gone to USF. I'll throw their name out there. You know, whatever. Like, I think he probably wanted to go somewhere where he had a good chance of starting. And so it would make sense to me that he actually would win this job. I think that that's kind of what uh, Billy Napier, the yeah, Florida's coach, said. He's like, Jack kind of comes across as a guy that's been in competition before. He's played yeah. in games before. Like, he doesn't come across like this is too big for him. Like, he's he's comfortable yeah. with it. You know, he's been around other, like, really talented guys. They said, the, yeah, the, the ball comes out of his hand really well. He's got arm talent. He's accurate. He's picking things up pretty quick. I think mm-hmm. we made a good decision. We're glad Jack's on our team. Like, yeah. Like that means something. That that really does, especially early on. Um, he wouldn't. He didn't have to say that. Jack Miller's not transferring out this year again. You know. Yeah. So like you don't have to say that, and and yet you still did. I think it kind of shows maybe where Napier's head's at, and maybe he does mm-hmm. want kind of a calming presence on his team, and maybe he feels that Jack Miller is that. Um, yeah, for him, someone that comes across. It's not too big for me. This isn't. I'm not going to get rattled because Richardson did get rattled last year. Sure. Like, I don't know if you remember the Georgia game, but yeah. like that game went from three, nothing to 24, nothing very, very quick in like two minutes. Yes. And it was just turnovers. It was turnovers. They weren't really his fault, but he, he got a little loose. Like it, mm-hmm. I, I, they were his fault, like, because he got a little bit loose. It just, and it wasn't, yeah, I don't know how much blame you can put on him because he was a true freshman trying to carry the load against the best defense we've ever seen, but the wheels kind of came off the bus for him and maybe Jack Miller doesn't make those mistakes. Like maybe yeah. he's able to kind of circle the wagons and like, okay, we're just going to get to halftime down 10, nothing. Like, let's just get to halftime. Mm-hmm. And and maybe that's where like a coach like Napier sees some value in Miller being maybe a little bit more experienced. And, and yeah, it's not too big for him. Maybe that's what he's thinking. I do think that with Richardson, it kind of feels like he'll either be second team all SUC or he'll be starting for FAU next year. Yeah, and, and with Jack Miller, it might feel a little more stable. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. Okay, let's see. There's a few more we should maybe talk about. Um, Notre Dame, actually. So they, there okay. is a legitimate battle there. Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine both played a fair amount last year. Buckner a little more. Pine actually played pretty big minutes against both Wisconsin and Cincinnati, yeah. arguably the two best teams on Notre Dame's schedule last year. And you could argue he looked like the best quarterback on the roster in those two games. Um, he kind of broke it open with some big-time plays against Wisconsin in the fourth quarter. And he also – like there were people after that Cincinnati game thinking that if Pine had played the whole game, they might have won <laughs> just because mm-hmm. he looked pretty good against Cincinnati. But then he kind of – like Notre Dame, it seemed like they sort of decided, okay, we have to go with two guys at a three. And Pine was sort of the odd man out the rest of the year. Buckner is – I mean, the betting favorite, everyone thinks it's probably going to be his, his job. Do you have a read on this as kind of the outside perspective as maybe someone who saw both of them play a little bit last year? I saw I saw both play a little bit. And I actually remember being just kind of impressed with Drew Pine. Yeah. Like, I didn't maybe understand why he didn't get as much run as, yeah, Cone or Buckner did. Like, they were... Cone and Buckner were the favorites, it felt like. And then yeah. Cone was kind of like the oddball a little bit. And the coaching staff didn't care to have him play too much, even though I felt that when he did play, he was pretty good. But like the, where the coaches are at means something. And yeah, having, having Buckner as being kind of the coach's choice is that that's meaningful. And it feels like, like he's kind of the future and that's kind of like where they're 
pushing towards. So yeah. for me, it would feel like it's almost a slam dunk for for Buckner. Like if you, if you went with Buckner last year and play let him play meaningful snaps last year, then you surely will this year. Like that's maybe where yeah. I my point. Yeah, I think more the reason that Buckner got as much playing time as he did last year was because he had a completely different skill set skill set than Drew, than uh, Jack Jack Cohn, who was you know the statue in the pocket. And we know what Notre Dame's offensive line was like last year. And the only way they could really run the ball was when Buckner came in the game and totally opened it up with a little read option, which I think might be a reason that he wins this job. Like, I think this might be a situation where maybe they're comparable throwing the ball, but Buckner has that extra, you know, he's got that extra juice in the running game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I do think that he's going to have to throw the ball well to win this job because I think Pine we we saw it last year some like he's he's got a little got a little moxie <laughs> you know yeah. all of those all of those weird words that people like to use for quarterbacks oh. you know got just a little bit of Baker Mayfield in him like you know just that type of you know he goes out there a bit of a gunslinger likes to run around a little bit and got a little gamer in him like that's kind of Drew Pine and so I do think like if Buckner does not perform they feel pretty good that they have a solid option in Pine, even if he's not going to, you know, most likely set the world on fire. Like, if you told me one of these guys is going to be a third-team All-American, I know which one that was. Like, that was Buckner, and, and it worked out perfectly. Right. If one of them, you know, goes for 24 touchdowns to eight interceptions and throws for 3,000 yards and – you know, is pretty good in a 10 and two type of season. That could be either one. But I think the point is you feel decent about Pine if he wins the job, but you know that there's a bit of a ceiling on that most likely. Like I think if Notre Dame needs to reach their ceiling, if they want to reach their ceiling, it's got, it's going to have to be Buckner. No, agreed. I, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of maybe a classic example of just, again, of coaches trying to find that, that high ceiling. And maybe that's kind of where it, 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 that's what it felt like, at least from an outside perspective is that we would like this guy because he does have the higher ceiling. We're going to kind of push him forward just a little bit more. I do think anyone, sorry, go ahead. I just, I was just going to say similarly to Michigan. I don't think this is a job that gets announced. Like the winner is not announced until this, this fall guaranteed. Like just because you want to make sure both of these guys stay on the team. (laughs) You don't want, you don't want Drew Pine transferring this summer. So, like, I don't think we're going to hear anything definitive on this until August. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So, go through my list here. There's just maybe two or three more. Four more, maybe. Okay, Washington, Dylan Moore, Sam Heward, Michael Penix Jr. Any any idea on this one? Sam Heward is the former five-star redshirt freshman dylan moore's the returning starter and michael yeah. Penix is the transfer from indiana yeah i have no no idea like yeah. i assumed i assumed it's heward but like i don't know like i could yeah. not tell you he was heward was is a not just a five-star he was like one of the top i think he was a the third quarterback in his class mm-hmm. um yeah that one there that one like he would seem to be the favorite like if i had to I, but yeah, again, I know nothing. <laughs> I will say this: like I do think that Kalen DeBoer, known yep. for his offensive prowess, like I do think that Washington's offense is taking a big step up 
this year, regardless of the quarterback. It almost doesn't matter. Like any put any one of these three in there, and their offense is going to be a whole lot better than it was last year when they were Green. scoring seven points against Montana or whatever. Um, North Carolina. So Sam Howell leaves. Drake May is kind of the big name, but there's also some talk about Jacoby Criswell. Do you know anything about these guys? Who do you expect to win this job? Drake May. I and yeah. I, yeah. That that was just kind of the the reason. I I know nothing about. Is it Criswell? Uh-huh. Like literally, no things about him. So yeah, I yeah. Like some of those jobs are 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 hard to know, especially like when they're not in the national eye. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Howell was the guy, you know, there yeah. was no, there was no competition. Like Howell was the dude. Right. And and when the dude leaves and you don't have like just another guy waiting, like if you're not Ohio state and Clemson and Alabama, like yeah. you kind of have to scratch and claw a little bit for your next quarterback. And yeah, like that, that feels maybe like where we're at, like with North Carolina this year. And so I'm assuming it's Drake may, but yeah, wouldn't know. Yeah. He was very highly talented. And if everything goes, I would say probably according to plan, you'd have to imagine it's Drake May. If it's Jacoby Criswell, my reading on that would be probably May is, you know, it was a missed evaluation or something. Right. Sure. Yeah. Ole Miss. So Jackson Dart, they brought in from USC, <laughs> who was a freshman, a true freshman a year ago. And Luke Altmeyer was the true freshman a year ago who played in the bowl game when the starter went down with an injury, Matt Carell, um, and looked not bad, a little bit toolsy. Is it, is this overthinking it to even write this down as a, as a competition? Yeah, I, I think it's maybe, a, I, I don't, I don't believe it's, it's much of a competition. I think Jackson Dart walks away with this one. I know yeah. they're right now, like they just had their first week of spring practice. Altmire and, and Dart are splitting snaps. I understand that they're splitting snaps with the first team. For me, Jackson Dart walks away with this one. I I yeah. I, I don't think that it will end up being a pronounced or or long um, quarterback battle. I think this one will be over soon. Yeah, I think the way that Lane Kiffin was so hard going after quarterbacks in the portal, like I I don't think he probably has just a world of confidence in what he had with Luke Almeyer. Like I Correct. do think you bring in a Jackson Dart to start the guy. Like that's what. Correct. You're... Correct. Okay, I had one more written down, I believe, and that is Baylor. Um, so Jerry Bohannon was a starter pretty much all of last year. Yep. And then, I get yeah, like I think it was was it just in their bowl game that Blake Shapen played? I can't remember exactly, but looked pretty good. Um, any reason to think that maybe he wins this job over Bohannon, who was solid but unspectacular a year ago? I don't know. Like that one's that one's one that's really, I I, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. Like yeah. I think isn't Jacob Zeno still there? Is that right? I don't know. Remember, we talked about him quite a bit. Was uh, I don't know if he's still there or not. But like he was there. I do remember Shapen getting some meaningful snaps, um, mm-hmm. towards towards the end there. But yeah, I. Yeah. Does is it fair to say maybe that Baylor? as currently constructed might be one of those teams where it doesn't really matter that much who their quarterback is. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, they might be my big 12 favorite for this coming season. Like, and yeah, that, I mean, they just want it. So why not? Right. right? But right. I, sure. I really like the job that he's done there. And yeah, like, I don't think it's like, I think they'll have solid quarterback play this year regardless. Yeah. How could you not like, 
like the job that he did there. I thought like, yeah, overall that was just an incredible coaching job from Dave Aranda and, and maybe it doesn't really matter. Like, so our official stance as a podcast is we don't really care who's the quarterback there. They'll be good anyway. (laughs) They'll be good. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. So I just want to get your little, well, your opinion as a George fan, JT Daniels, where do you think JT Daniels will go and why not Auburn? I, he's going to go to Oregon state. Like, or, okay, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. JT is going to Oregon State. He's visited several times. He feels at home there. Um, to JT, like, I'm sorry that it didn't work out for you. <laughs> I stood up for you. I I went to war with, faithfully for you on Twitter daily. Yeah, like at times during this past season, and I I will cling to the fact that Georgia would have absolutely still won a national title title with JT Daniels. And we would view him so much differently if that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I think that it was maybe a little unfortunate what happened to him. I, it, there's, it's, it's hard to know exactly what happened there. He was clearly the better passer. Clearly, yeah. that 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 part wasn't. Yeah, we, we don't want to get into that. We've argued about this <laughs> many times. He's a very very good thrower of the football. I hope he finds success wherever he goes. Um, and I actually think that he will. I really do think that he will. I do think that Oregon State would be a really good spot for him. Jonathan Smith, pretty yeah. good offensive mind, I, I would say. And, you know, if you take Oregon State to a 6-6 six and six season, like, yeah. like and, and you have good numbers doing it, then we'll see him in the next year's draft. Like, you know, he'll, he'll be in that third round probably or something like that. I would right. imagine. Sure, sure. Okay, so any reason to think – maybe you've heard whispers. I don't know. Any reason <laughs> and I have to ask. Is it Stetson Bennett start to finish next year, or is anybody else going to have some playing time? Or yes, the correct answer is yes. <laughs> it, it is Stetson Bennett. It always will be Stetson Bennett. He'll be playing there years from now. He will still be playing there. Um, I, it's it's shocking that he's still allowed to play. Like, how is he still eligible? But he is. Yep, it's like he's seventh year or whatever, sixth, seventh year. Um, yeah, he's still around, milking net, milking just yeah every year that he can. I I will say Carson Beck. That's a that's a name that no one talked about much. He yeah. is he is playing really really well in spring practice right now. I, he could he could legitimately give him a run for his money. I think people expected either Vandegrift or Gunnar Stockton um, to yeah. yeah kind of be the be the guys that try to unseat him. Currently, it looks like Carson Beck is having a really good spring so far. Um, these are just things just to keep keep in in mind. Um, I think they're just, yeah, interesting tidbits just to throw out there. Um, yeah, Carson Beck getting a lot of reps early on in the spring for UGA. Okay. All right. So, anything else we should talk about with any any other quarterback battles that we missed or anything else in spring that you're kind of keeping an eye on? No, I think that, that was the main thing. I th- the, the Clemson quarterback battle is huge. That one's mammoth. I, I believe the Michigan quarterback battle is huge. Um, we, we'll get, yeah, there's some other like position battles that we like. We just talked about only quarterbacks today. There's some other position battles, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that's interesting. I, I think it's really, really fun. Just kind of go, yeah. Going, going through it all. Sure. Okay. Just checking Twitter. Any, anything else that we should talk about before we wrap this up? Have you no, seen anything? No, I think we're good. I, it seems like every time we, we're just about to get off one, uh, like off a pod, yeah, yes. like we check and like there's some breaking news. 
Brian right Kelly now, is going to LSU. Yeah, that, that, did, that did happen. Right, right now, there, it's kind of a dead period as far as news. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there isn't really any big time news going right. on. So this is just the time to, yeah, just to, to get, to get your, make sure you, you, you involve the families in your Saturdays. That way you built yeah. up enough goodwill that you can just completely blow everything off later in the fall. Um, yeah, Absolutely. don't, don't schedule weddings, uh, in the fall. Please don't do that. If friends yeah. don't let friends get married in the fall. Um, so yeah, no, that's, 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 that's the talk. That's, that's all we've got right now. It's kind of, kind of a light, um, more, more of a, a feel good time in college football. Everyone's undefeated right now, you know? So it's just, it's just a time to, it's, it's a good time to feel good about your team. That, that's right. So just out of curiosity, like how much access to Georgia reporters get to spring practice? None, <laughs> like almost none. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, Kirby does not let anyone go anywhere near practice. I think a couple, a couple of guys got in for like 20 minutes Oh, earlier yeah. like last week and that's kind of where they saw the Carson Beck stuff yeah. but yeah no he keeps that thing locked down so it's um I, I there's media that aren't happy about it but yeah. I think that's something he learned Kirby probably learned it from Saban I'm guessing yeah. um yeah it's they play they practice indoor so like there's you can't get drones or anything like there's right. just no way to <laughs> no way to know so satellite imaging yeah doesn't help you when you're inside so that's yeah that's kind of just where we're at right now it's frustrating i don't think anyone really likes it like why can't we watch practice yeah i do think that that is fairly common just last it is. saturday it is. yeah it is the notre dame reporters got their only full practice of the spring and so no. like you know you take everything you can out of this one practice <laughs> knowing full well that you know the other 14 practices are probably completely different mm-hmm. but but we are starved college football fans so we will we will grasp for every th- every little bit of news that we can get. Correct. Man. All right. Well, if there's nothing else, why don't we wrap this one up? It's been good. Um, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great week, and God bless.